I am really excited to have a fantastic guest today. Her name is Danielle Umstead. Now, Danielle is no stranger to overcoming the odds. Being blind from a young age did not stop her from becoming a three-time Paralympian bronze medalist, 53-time World Cup medalist, the first and only visually impaired contestant on Dancing with the Stars and marrying the man of her dreams. My goodness, on top of a mountain, skiing down together. (laughs) That's so cool. After their ceremony. Okay. So Danielle, welcome to Talk Healthy today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have you. I'm afraid to ski, so I have to hand it to you uh, because it's just, I I have knee issues and I'm working on them. I'm in PT, which all my listeners are like, oh my gosh, there she goes again. Now, Danielle, the reason I'm having you on, not only because you're an awesome person, but because you were diagnosed with an inherited retinal disease, IRD, retinitis pigmentosa. It's a rare genetic eye condition and it involves a breakdown and loss of cells in the retina. So talk to us, number one, what was going on in your life prior to this? What was that? Was it a sudden onset? Give us some information. And then we're going to talk about genetic testing and why that's so important. Awesome. Um, Yeah. So I was born with pretty low vision. I was about two years old when my parents noticed I was walking into walls and parked cars. So I started wearing really thick eyeglasses at the age of two, really, really thick. Um, And when I was 13, I was diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa, which is an inherited retinal disease. And um, my mom and I discussed uh, with the doctor, like what, there was no cure for retinitis pigmentosa, which is also called RP. My mom and I discussed with the doctor that there was no cure and, you know, I could go completely blind at any time. And they explained it could happen, you know, within a week. It could happen in 50 years. They just don't know. And there's not any cure. And I remember at the time, like, um, there's no way I could have this. It's kind of like an, an infection. Like, it'll go away. It'll go away. And I spent quite a long time trying to search for a cure and finding a way out of this diagnosis. And um, then I uh, had lost my mom to cancer and I had, me too, and I had lost all usable vision. And, you know, I just lost all hope that I had of living a normal life. And so it was in um, 2001 and I was, my father had called me and uh, asked me to go skiing. And it was then I finally found comfort with going blind and through skiing, I found a new life and a new passion and a new joy and um, kind of let go of the fact that, you know, I can beat this eye disease and there's never going to be a cure. And then um, about nine years later, after I became a Paralympian with my husband as my guide and the two of us um, went to our first Paralympic Games together and represented Team USA, about seven months later, I was diagnosed with retina, I mean, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And all my teammates that are visually impaired kept asking me like, Danielle, don't you know your gene that caused your um, IRD? And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to find a cure there. You know, like, I don't want to be spending my whole life trying to search for a cure. And they all had told me about like how much they learned by finding out what gene their eye disease was from. But I really believed at this time, my multiple sclerosis was causing my eye disease, like my loss of vision. And, um, 
So my husband and I decided to talk, we talked about it and we decided to go to the, I want to know website, which is, um, you go on the website and you find resources and, um, find doctors that can help you. And so ironically, my doctor that I've been seeing for over 10 years was on that list. And so we contacted him and asked him about the gene testing and we went in and they just, you have a choice. You can either take blood or you can just take saliva. And um, I chose to just spit in the cup <laughs> and it was no big deal. I couldn't believe how easy it was. And so <laughs> Rob and I um, went there, went to my doctor, met with the gene therapist and um, they test like 266 different genes. And I didn't even know that. So I learned so much. And when the test came back, it was confirmed that I do have an inherited retinal disease, which is a, a huge thing when I thought maybe the multiple sclerosis was causing my blindness since I was a kid, and it wasn't. And it was, it just kind of empowered me to learn more and um, figure out what my, you know, find resources in my community and everything. And I have been empowered ever since. It's just a great thing. And it was all started by going to that website. I want a EYE want the number two no.com. That is incredible. Oh my gosh. What a story. Uh, first of all, how old were you when your mother passed? I, I was, um, I was 29 years old. Yeah. My mother passed at 20 when I was 28 from uh, ovarian cancer. And yeah, my mom was colon cancer, and she was 53 when she passed. Ah, oh, I know. My mom was 56. It's so terrible. And now I'm 52. It's really weird. Yeah, you're like, oh, gosh, am I getting close or what's happening? <laughs> yeah, so I had, uh, the, the the speaking of testing, I had the BRCA testing. Um, I think I said it right, the BRCA testing. And I tested negative, but I had had some fibroids in my uterus that were the size of candles oh. pressing on my bladder. So at 48, I had my uh, uterus taken out and I said, just take it all. When you got your MS, what were some of the early symptoms? With my MS, it was, it was kind of funny. And that's why I really, not funny, haha, but <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I went paralyzed from my rib cage down to my toes on my right side and I had lost vision in my right eye first. So I really thought there was a connection there. And that's when I started going, okay, well, maybe I don't have an inherited retinal disease. Maybe I don't have retinitis pigmentosa. Yeah. And the first symptoms were really like, because I'm an athlete, I didn't pay attention to all the symptoms. Um, I just thought, oh, I'm tired because I work really hard. I over, you know, like, oh, this, my leg feels funny just because, you know, I skied all day. So I really woke up one day, like in the middle of the night and my body felt like it was going to sleep on the right side. And then when I woke up that morning, like I woke up in the middle of the night and felt like my body was falling asleep. And then I woke up the next morning and um, my whole entire right side was paralyzed. I, I can't even imagine. That must have been so scary. Yeah, it was it was a scary moment or a scary year, two, three. <laughs> oh, my! I bet. You know, when I was uh, in my early 20s, I worked at a community college in the adaptive P.E., uh, and that was the first time I had ever heard. And this was in the early 90s. It was the first time I'd ever heard of MS. 
Oh, I mean, I'd heard of it, but I hadn't worked with people. And I did a lot of um, stretching with them and, and just seeing the different things that they went through. And I know that the vision loss is one. So I could right. see why you were like, okay, so this is, so when, how long did it take from the onset of symptoms and that, you know, when you're talking about getting, be, you know, not being able to move to getting the MS diagnosis? Because I know sometimes diagnoses can take a while. Yeah. Um, I had my first attack in um, 2010 and I think I had my second attack in 2011, but they found lesions in my brain pretty quickly and um, was diagnosed within that, like it was three or four months. How do you deal with that emotionally when you're an athlete, especially? It's part of your identity, right? Isn't it? I mean, as a Paralympian, I'm sure that must be like a huge part of who you are. Yeah. I mean, it was depressing and I feel as though um, the strength and the things I learned with losing sight gave me resources and strength to figure out how to not let a disease define me. And, um, you know, I tried to pick myself up and try to beat it as I try to beat everything, (laughs) you know, and try to convince myself that maybe that's not true. Let me just work harder. Um, And, you know, I mean, we can't choose our battles, so we got to figure out how we can um, empower ourselves and be stronger with what we're given. And how did you empower yourself? Because you've been given a lot. And that's, that's something that I think a lot of people, you know, they have, they say that don't sweat the small stuff and everybody does. (laughs) Until you really have things that are a big challenge. Right. Well, um, you know, it's really kind of crazy is once you learn what your diagnosis is, like I have learned that I do have retinitis pigmentosa and um, I found out all my resources and my community that can help me out through the I Want to Know website. And the same with the multiple sclerosis is, you know, I um, figured out what I'm capable of and what, you know, when knowing my body and knowing what can happen and figuring it all out is, you know, you just empower yourself through knowledge and, um, and surround yourself with the community and whatever you're facing and, um, just work hard and believe in yourself. Oh, that is awesome. You know, I have a daughter with high functioning autism and ADHD and dyslexia and, and, and she just, her resilience is low. And I try every day to, you know, look at the positive in terms of she's so creative, and she's really smart, and she's super funny. And yeah, you know, it's hard for her to fit in because the other kids find her quirky because she is quirky. But she gets so down on herself. And it breaks my heart. And I, I don't know how do you teach someone resilience? You know, I feel like I've kind of pampered her too much over the years and now she's 15 and I'm like, oh, geez, you know, I'm just curious from your point of view, because we have daily challenges with, with her and she has challenges and, and she's having a hard time seeing the bright side of things. Right. And I understand that. And I feel like my parents pampered me a little too much. And that's why I didn't, I mean, no offense to them, but, I, you know, they kind of hid my disease and my eye disease and um, they just kind of threw me in there with everybody else and not letting me let people know that I needed the help in the community around myself. And it was really hard for me. It wasn't until I found skiing that I actually um, got around other people with disabilities and was like, hey, I'm not that bad. I'm not, you know, I'm totally normal. And um you know, resilience, it just, it takes time and going through hard stuff. And she's at a really tough age, you know, like, 
<laughs> yeah, surround her with people that maybe are unique too, like her. And um, you know, don't don't you know, just say, hey, get out there and meet new people and maybe find other people that are just like she is. You know, that's it's really important. What was it like for you be- as you grew up? You had the vision issues. Were you in a regular school? Did you have enough vision? I'm just trying to get a sense of what your childhood was like. For me, it was, we hit it. It was an embarrassment. And um, yeah, it was really unfortunate. Both my, it's kind of crazy because both of my parents um, were like, she didn't get it from me. She didn't get it from me. And it was really interesting um, from the whole genetic testing. um, I had learned with my gene that was recognized for the IRD, the retinitis pigmentosa, with my gene, you, both my parents had to have the affected gene. So, um, they were both guilty. It was really nice to figure that out too. Like, where did it come from? And so to get get the disease my both my mother and father had the gene and so that means we know as my family that my husband and I would have to have the gene to pass that along it's really empowering to have something like we have for IRD testing for gene testing to be able to go to a website and actually find resources and find help and find a community there and that's why we're you know Rob and I, my husband and I, were really happy to find the I Want to Know website, which it is the word I-E-Y-E, want, the number two, know.com. And um, we found so much information there and just kind of found our community in figuring out the next step and feel so much more empowered and understood as a family, not always wondering, well, what's going to happen to Brockton or our son and what's going to happen with this? How old is he now? Oh, my son, he's 12. Oh, that's a nice age. Yes. That's great. Now, is he super active like you and Rob? He is really, really active. Yes. Yes. I think he'll end up being a guide for the blind or something. He just um, has followed his parents being athletes and just found love for people with physical disabilities and think they're true champions. And he's an amazing kid. Oh, that's fantastic. Now talk to us about your experience on Dancing with the Stars. (laughs) It was amazing. Um, It was kind of, I was more vulnerable than I've ever been. And it actually helped me just take a different step in my life. And um, I truly, truly loved it. And um yeah, I've never danced before ever. And being the first blind contestant on the show was such an honor. I, in 2007, said to the TV screen that I wanted to be the first blind contestant on the show. And 11 years later, it's actually happening. Couldn't believe it. Um, but it was an amazing experience. And um, I would do it all over again. And I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Now, what was it like learning to dance? It was definitely a different type of learning experience. Um, one, we didn't, like my husband and I, we have four years for the big games. And so we do World Cups and train and compete at a World Club level. But with Dancing with the Stars, you have two weeks to learn two dances, which was our case. And um, 
and my instructor, my dance partner, Artem, he um, had never taught a blind person. And so he actually always taught by showing somebody. And so we had to find ways together to figure it out and a lot of touching and a lot of words, a whole lot of words. My first dance was really great. Um, it was with my power song, Rise Up by Andre Day. And oh. it was um, such a great vulnerable moment. And then it allowed me to um, proceed and want to put my book out there and be even more vulnerable than I have been as a speaker and as an athlete. So tell us how your MS is doing these days. Um, my MS is doing really good. I had a rough year last year and um, just kind of took a step back and figured out what I needed to do. Just like um, learning from my eye disease, I had to consult with my doctor and figure out what works best for me. And um, now I'm back to road to recovery. What advice do you have for people who uh, have a diagnosis of a chronic illness? Any diagnosis, whether it be an eye disease or like me with multiple sclerosis, it's, you know, find your community. It's really important to surround yourself with people that inspire you, people that can encourage you, and people that can help you. Give us this website again. I want to know.com. It's E Y E want the number two know.com. Well, Danielle, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much.